Don't doubt what you can do. When I spoke to Cassidy, she taught me the importance of trusting in your own abilities and having confidence in yourself. As a Taekwondo athlete, Cassidy has gone from hardly being able to speak to being able to teach classes and pass on her knowledge to the next generation. Aside from mental strength, Cassidy has gained some true physical strength as well. To all the girls who dream of becoming martial artists, warriors, don't doubt yourself and don't doubt what you can do. Half time, halfway, we're going to hear stories of empowerment through the highs and the lows, through stigmatization and celebration in the sports industry. But not just from me, we're bringing in the experts, pro athletes, coaches, journalists, and so many more to tell you about her story. It's time to crank up those stadium lights and shine them on the extra challenges that women in sports have to overcome every day. Welcome back to episode 15 of Halftime, Halfway. It's been a while, but we're back and we're better than ever. Today, we have the pleasure of talking to Team USA Taekwondo martial artist and my friend Cassidy Wallace. Cassidy has been practicing Taekwondo since she was four years old and has gone on to become part of the national team, one of the highest levels in sports. Cassidy is a World Cup medalist and is currently pursuing her dreams in college while continuing Taekwondo. Today, Cassidy is going to tell us all about her Taekwondo journey, teaching classes, her experience with going to China and competing in the World Cup, and a very terrifying story of her plane ride. And so much more! Welcome, Cassidy, to Halftime Halfway. Here is our interview. So, my first question is, um, since Taekwondo is not like a mainstream sport in America, like football and basketball, can you describe what Taekwondo is and also tell us what Pumse is, like just for context? Okay, sure. So, um, Taekwondo is a Korean martial art. Um, and focuses on mostly hand and foot techniques. So there's uh, obviously there's a lot of different martial arts that are still practiced in the States, like karate and jujitsu and judo. But I'd say Taekwondo is probably the most popular one, um, even if it's not always like the standardized version of Taekwondo like that Koreans do. Um, and in depending on how you translate it, it means something like way of the hand and foot or art of kicking and punching. So that's basically what it is. You just kick and you punch and you block and that sort of thing. Um, as for Pumse, competitive Taekwondo is split into two main events. So there's sparring, which is what you see in the Olympics, where people have all the gear and they're kicking each other and knocking each other out. So a bit higher stakes um, with sparring. Whereas Pumse is just, you get a form, so like a set of movements, um, which are put together into a standardized routine. And you perform in front of judges um, and get scored on your accuracy, like where your block placement is and that sort of thing. Um, flexibility, intensity, power, all that. Um, and actually, like, it's, it gets even more complicated than that because Pumse has two different parts to it. There's recognize, which is what most people think of as Pumse, where like you, they give you a form, you do it, and if someone does it better than you, then you lose. Um, and then there's freestyle, which is newer, where they put in like flips and jump kicks and things, and you create your own routine, which is what I've competed in um, internationally. I do that more. Um, just because fewer people do it and it's pretty new. So a lot of people don't like it because they think it's not real Taekwondo. But um, yeah, it just gets a bit complicated with that one. That is a really great description. Actually, it's perfect for context for a discussion. Um, so would you say that Taekwondo is kind of like an art form as well, in addition to a sport, since it's called like martial arts? I think I think all of martial arts can be seen as an art form in their own way. Although I think Taekwondo is probably the one of the few that's more geared towards the performative aspect than like the self-defense aspect. Like there's ones like 
Krav Maga, Jiu Jitsu and Judo, I think are more just like how to defend yourself in a certain situation, but things like Wushu or Taekwondo or Karate and we're like performing um, and showing people what you can do even if it's like not really, like sparring's more practical, but Pumse is, it's not very practical. You yeah. wouldn't go out, if someone tries to punch you, you wouldn't go do a Pumse on them. So um, I'd say it's more of an art form, definitely. Okay, for sure. All right, so can you tell me about your journey and how you got into Taekwondo? So I was four and a half when I started martial arts. I mean, my first studio wasn't really Taekwondo strictly. They did a lot of other stuff, which wasn't really Taekwondo at all. Um, but I joined because my brother was already doing it. He's four years older than me. And when he was six, he was put in Taekwondo because my parents said he was too undisciplined and unfocused. And they're hoping it would help with that, which I think it did. Um, but so I joined as soon as I was old enough. So at the time it was four and a half years was the minimum age requirement. Um, and so I've basically been training ever since. And I've switched studios. Like, I've been to four different studios, four or five different studios um, for a bunch of different reasons. And it wasn't until I think I was 13 when I joined like a legitimate Taekwondo school, like a Korean Taekwondo school um, and started thinking about competing. Um, and then from then on, my focus went more to demonstration. And since I think I was 16 when I started like competing at big tournaments. That's pretty great. I remember like my, I think my story is kind of really similar too, because I also joined because of my brother and like for his discipline yeah. and stuff. And also, um, yeah, I think I started at four and a half too, but I, I think I stopped after like eighth-ish grade because like, it was just like, it was too much like training and stuff like that for me. Oh, like, it is a lot of training. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you have like an inspiration and if so, who, or like, do you have like a favorite martial artist or like from any other sport too? Um, well, I also do Kung Fu. So like just thinking off the top of my head, like I always think Bruce Lee is really cool. <laughs> but um, also when when I did Kung Fu, I actually got to train with like an Olympian from like the 2008 Olympics um, in Beijing. And he, I don't even know how you pronounce his name, but he's so inspirational. But more in Taekwondo, I would say just like my entire team is like an inspiration. So I uh, train with Team M Taekwondo on their CPP program. Um, which is more like they take athletes from different schools around the country and mostly um, in California um, and they work with them and train them and try and like send them to these high level competitions and like get medals. Um, so most of my teammates are really, really talented, multiple time national team members. Some are even world champions. And I'd say even some of my coaches are world champions. And I don't want to say which one of them is my favorite because then I'll get pushups. But all of my coaches are an inspiration <laughs> to me. That's that's so funny. I totally relate to the push-up thing, but I think that's that's so cool that you got to train with an Olympian. Like that sounds like a once in a lifetime experience. And that's absolutely amazing. Also, wow, Kung Fu and the Bruce Lee thing, totally relate. He's super cool being from Hong Kong. Totally love that. And also, would you say that the reason why you love the sport so much is because of your team? Because I totally get that vibe from what you're saying. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just my team members. If I didn't have my teammates, like, I would not be where I am right now. <laughs> Could not get there on your own. Definitely not. How much time did you spend, like, do you spend practicing a day? And, like, is it hard to balance it with school and life? Okay, so um, now that it's quarantine, I don't practice as much as I would normally. Um, and the trains we do have are over Zoom. And it's probably maybe three to four times a week, like, an hour or two each time. But during ramp-up trainings, which are like peak competition season, we'd be training probably four sessions a week at our gym, three hours each time about. It was usually Friday, wow. Saturday, Sunday. And then usually Wednesday was at the coach's garage, 
which is like they, they have like mats and everything. So it's basically like a studio there, even though it's pretty small, um, relatively small. They would kill me if I said their gym was small. <laughs> um, but uh, other than that, I would do some training on my own, like mostly drills. Like I don't focus on the whole forms because that's just tiring and honestly not a great use of time if you don't have much time. So focus on the things you struggle with. Um, and besides that, I before college, I would go to classes at my other studio, which is not Kukiwan. It's like an ITF studio. Um, so I don't compete with them, but I would take classes almost every day, like four days a week, probably. Um, like I would go straight from school there and I would help out with classes and things. So I'm pretty used to balancing school and Taekwondo and all that. Um, I mean, cause I, I've basically been competing most of my life. When I was nine years old, I started doing um, acrobatic gymnastics competitions. And I did that for five years. Um, I stopped before high school. I, yeah, before high school. Um, so I'm used to like driving around doing competitions. We had training like 10 hours a week then too. Um, so most of the time just, especially like the last two years of high school, I, during lunch and break, I would just spend my time doing homework so that I could get it all done before I went home or not home to my studio. Cause I'd usually go straight to my studio and I wouldn't get home until like nine. So better use of time to just eat really fast and then just work <laughs> on everything else then. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. That's that's also that probably takes a lot of discipline. Do you get a lot of that like from Taekwondo? Um, I'd say like I'd say yes, because I can't really remember before Taekwondo, because I was like <laughs> four or something. Um, but also I think I, I'm not sure if it's my personality just aligns well with Taekwondo or if Taekwondo like influenced me. But um I'm kind of a perfectionist and like very atten- like attentive to details. So I think I like that Taekwondo forces me to do that sort of stuff. And I'm not sure if that's just because of, that's all I've been doing my whole life or if it's because that's just the way my brain works. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Um, I would not be as disciplined now if I hadn't done so much stuff when I was younger with Taekwondo and gymnastics and all that. Yeah. I totally agree. Time management is super important. And also, is it like weird taking classes on Zoom or like? Yeah, it's, it is definitely harder to, to like commit to things when you don't have your team like even if you can see them on the Zoom screen, it's not quite the same, especially because you know like, oh, if I don't do it this time, they might not see me this time because they're looking at someone else. Um, but at the same time, it's like if they, my coaches like to highlight people in the Zoom. So they'll be, they'll be on the screen most of the time. They're like, oh, let's watch this person do it. And then you're like on the big screen and you're like, oh no. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of more stressful in that way. I, I prefer in-person training though, I think for, for Taekwondo, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> That is a really interesting perspective. I don't think I've thought of Taekwondo in like a Zoom lens, but yeah, with the pandemic, I mean, you can't really do anything else, you know? But what has been the hardest part of your Taekwondo career? Like, what are some of the harder challenges that you've faced? Um, so obviously there's the, the overall challenge of switching styles. So when I was younger, I was only doing ITF, and then I started competing. Um, I was trying to adapt to a completely new way of doing things like the same moves, but I would just been doing them not wrong, but like completely differently. Um, I remember my first time I uh, went to a cookie one studio, I had a lesson with the head Pumsi instructor and I did my forms and my brother was there too. And he said that our forms were garbage <laughs> and we've been training for years. Like we were like third degree black belts at our studio. Um, but in cookie one, our forms were garbage because we had all the wrong stances, all the wrong kicks. That's, 
obviously been a big challenge shifting. And I think I mostly shifted over, although I still have to like switch between them when I go to my other studio, like switch between the ITF with the big stances and the like really over dramatic sort of stuff with Kukiwan, which is more straight to the point and like focusing on accuracy. Um, but I would say besides that, probably the biggest challenge is just the acrobatic things. So um, in freestyle, there's like five different skills you have to do, regardless of like, you have to put them in a certain order, but besides the music, like that stuff you can choose yourself. For an athlete to be competitive in freestyle, you kind of have to flip. So like, you have to be like a round of back tuck or something and you have to kick your legs. Um, and I'm used to doing aerials and things from gymnastics, but I had like, I've had this mental block around flipping ever since like I did gymnastics since I was like 11. Um, so when I came to, I, when I finished gymnastics, I kind of quit because I couldn't do tumbling anymore. I couldn't flip. And then I come to Taekwondo and I'm like, Oh, this is good. And then I get to freestyle and they're like, Oh, you have to flip. And I'm like, I didn't want to flip anymore, but you kind of have to, cause that's like how you compete. Um, and that's how you get put on the high level teams. Um, so I still kind of like get scared about it sometimes. And especially with quarantine, having such a long break between the last time I flipped. Um, I've been going to a gym now um, with this really amazing coach, but it, it's hard to get back into it. And so I'm kind of scared for the next competition when I actually have to flip because it takes me a while to get comfortable with it. And so that's like my, probably my biggest challenge is flipping. That seems scary for sure. Like I can't even yeah. like, do like a backward somersault rather less like flip. <laughs> so really see you for that um so martial arts and taekwondo are like definitely stereotyped to be a guy sport honestly mm -hmm. but you've managed to break barriers and be super successful becoming like a world cup medalist however like um throwing in track and field for me i've experienced like tons of guys telling me that i wasn't strong enough or fast enough mm -hmm. and like guys are naturally st like stronger like you've heard it all um have yeah. you ever like faced like demeaning remarks or experienced sexism even if like microaggressions in your sport or have your teammates and how did you deal with it if you did i haven't faced that much as far as i remember i think partially because i'm newer to the sport and also because i'm a pumse athlete so i think if i was a sparring athlete i think girls definitely probably get more um, like, oh, you're weaker than me because it's a fighting. It's it, the whole event is fighting with each other. Um, and so I'm sure like, I don't personally know this, but I'm sure that girls have faced a lot more sexism in sparring than they do in Pumse. Um, but I do think that in, even in Pumse, the judges kind of hold different standards, whether you're a girl or a boy. I think they expect the boys to be strong and not necessarily like good at the kicks, like not as flexible, but they're strong. Um, whereas the girls are more like, they're flexible, like they can do splits, that sort of thing. And they, if they see someone who's a strong athlete, they, it stands out more to them. So I think they have like different standards. If a girl's really strong, it stands out more than if a guy's strong because they're not used to it. Um, so I don't know if that's even a bad thing, but I think at the same time, it just shows there's like a double standard going on. Um, and I would say even in free, freestyle, especially, if you look at the difference between the male divisions and the female divisions, the guys generally do a lot more complicated things or more advanced kicks. And I don't think it's necessarily because girls can't do it. I think it's just girls aren't expected to have to do as hard things. So with the flipping, if you're a guy and you can't do a round effect tuck or like a round of flash or triple flash, you probably won't even make top eight. But for the girls, usually the top, only the top four can even do a back tuck. So I don't know if that's like we're internalizing it or if it's just the judges are doing it. But I think it's definitely, we need to kind of break the whole thing where, oh, guys can do more than girls can.
because I know that's definitely a big, especially outside of Taekwondo and other, other sports, I think it's even worse, but um, that's definitely huge, just different standards. Oh yeah, 100% with you with that. But yeah, I feel like double standards exist in so many sports, but especially sports with judges and stuff like that. Like, it's not avoidable, it's human, because it's like so ingrained in our brains and our like psychology. But yeah, I think judging is definitely, sometimes it's subjective and a lot of gender bias exists in it, even like whether or not it helps us or not, or or harms us. But yeah, there's definitely a double standard, but yeah. It can be subjective, yeah. Sometimes there's a bit of bias we can see. <laughs> So, like, with that and then adding gender stereotypes, I can mm-hmm, probably tell that, like, we would definitely want to change that, especially in, like, sports. So, um, here's, like, a fun question. What is your favorite activity, like, that you do when you train in Taekwondo? Because, like, it's been a while, but from what I remember, it, um, there's, like, sparring, say, and then, like, at our school, we did, like, some, some, like tons of drills, like, self-defense with, like, plastic knives and stuff like that. And, like, also, like, some games yeah. and stuff. So, like, is there, like, a drill that's, like, your favorite to do? Um... I mean, at my school, we definitely like cake and combination self-defense drills, like the things with a knife, like fake guns sort of thing. Um, I don't know. I think I probably compete in Pumse because I like it. So I think Pumse is probably my favorite thing. And I guess specifically within Pumse, I like the kicks more, even if like kicks are extremely stressful when you're competing, because that's the thing where it, it's like a make it or break it moment. If you fall on a kick, obviously you're not going to do well. But I think I just, I've always liked doing the kicks. And I think because of gymnastics, I'm more flexible. So I like like trying to get really high and trying to hold it and that sort of thing. So probably just kicking generally. I don't really like sparring. Um, I'm pretty bad at sparring, which is why I don't compete in it. But yeah, probably kicking. I I totally agree with you. I feel like, honestly, like sparring for me is like very scary. Also, the, putting on the mm-hmm. gear, it's a huge hassle. <laughs> yeah, just the, just the gear is a no. <laughs> So um, how has Taekwondo helped you in your life outside of competition and training? Um, I think besides the making me more disciplined thing, which we discussed earlier, I'd say making me more aware of like how fit I am. So like I can tell if I haven't done a form in like a month and then I go to it and it's a lot easier than I know like, hey, like I've progressed somehow, like I'm in good shape. And then like, <laughs> but more and more quarantine, I try and do a form and it's just, it's just so hard, like so difficult. So I think it makes you more aware of like how, physically healthy you are and your stamina especially because my stamina is terrible lately (laughs) um and then also like which we also said earlier about the managing your time thing like just juggling everything um and also handling pressure is a big thing because when I went into gymnastics I think I didn't get as nervous because I think I was part of a team so when I compete as part of a team I tend to do better than if I compete individually but in taekwondo you also have to compete individually not just as a team so I think that makes you step up to the plate more and be like, okay, I got to put my nerves away for these 30 seconds, one minute, um, and just do my best. So I think boosting confidence in that way, like showing what you can do sort of thing. Wow. Well, confidence and physical health, those are two so important things. And especially now because of quarantine, I feel like a lot of people have been lying in bed, watching Netflix, and like just like being able to keep track of your health I think it's really great that Taekwondo helps you do that. And yeah, confidence is definitely something that I've also feel like I've gained from Taekwondo. Um, Here is another fun question. So you're on Taekwondo's Team USA, which is super, super cool. And something that every like martial artist strives for. But how did it feel when you made the national Pumse team and got to like represent the whole country? Okay, so both of the times I, I made Team USA the first time at the 2019 Nationals, and then I made it again in January 2020 Grand Slam Finals. 
Um, both times were kind of embarrassing. So um, at the 2018 Nationals, we were waiting for the scores to come up. Like, I think we'd gone first and our competitors were going. And I was waiting for the scores to come up. And my, I, I, I got on Team USA as part of a team. So my teammates were all around me. Um, and we were just waiting. And I saw the score come up. And I think the way my coach tells it, I, like, started jumping up and down and, like, clapping <laughs> and, like, laughing, apparently. So he, like, made fun of me for that forever after that. Um, but I think I was just – it's just like, you're in disbelief when you see it. You're like, can I really, could I really do this before you go on? And then you go out there and you do a pretty good job and then you win and you're like, whoa, like I can actually do this. I'm not really bad at Taekwondo. Like not everyone's better than me sort of thing, you know? Um, I think also because in both of my teams, I've always been the youngest person. Um, on my first team, I was only youngest by like, I don't know, six months. I wasn't that much younger, but on my team right now, the next youngest person is my brother, who's four years older than me. And then the oldest person on the team is like 32. So <laughs> I feel like I feel like such a junior member in the fact that I'm even like put on that team and that they're so high caliber that we can win something like that. Um, it's just kind of an honor. Um, but at the same time, especially with the one in 2019 before the World Cup, I was nervous because they're like, hey, in two months, you're going to have to compete at this international competition. I'd never been to an international competition. I was like, huh, I have like eight weeks to prepare for something like that. And I've never done anything like this. It was pretty nerve wracking. Um, but I think this year in January when we won, it wasn't as stressful because I was like, oh, I have a, like, I, my teammates are even more well known in the sport than they were in the first team. Um, and I knew they would push me to like keep working hard and keep growing. Um, but then obviously the, 2020 World Pumse Championships got canceled because of the pandemic. Um, so we were supposed to go to Denmark, but that didn't happen. But hopefully next time we'll get on it again and I can have a less embarrassing reaction. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I think that like, I think that that's a really inspirational story, but also like having like people to look up to and like older like mm -hmm. seniors, like Definitely. that's super important, but also congratulations on like everything you've accomplished <laughs> for sure. Um, so what was the experience like going to China for the World Cup? And like, was that like your first time going like to out of the country or like to Asia? Um, I'd actually been to China once before, um, actually the year before in July, 2018, I went on a Kung Fu trip with my Kung Fu instructor and like other people from my studio. Um, even though like I, I haven't been training Kung Fu that consistently because of gymnastics, I would always like miss a bunch of classes and I'd take like 10 classes a year in Kung Fu, but he always like remembered us. Um, so he invited us to go on this trip to China. And then we went to like Northeastern China, so like Beijing and the Shaolin Temple, we stayed there a few days. Um, and I'd say then it was pretty different from the time I went to Wuxi because I think just because of the group I was with, when I went with my Kung Fu instructor, he like mostly speaks Mandarin. Like he does not speak much English anyways. And most of the group spoke Mandarin. And there was just me, my mom and my brother. And we we're like, can't speak the language. And we obviously stand out because of how we look. And so there are people taking pictures of us secretly thinking we didn't notice. Um, but I think when I was in Wuxi, because I was with a Team USA, like I was with a big group that was obviously for funded by some organization, like the USA Taekwondo was backing us. There wasn't quite the same, like, I don't know. It was just, it was more official, I think. And because of that, it didn't seem as weird to like, I was standing out as much um, in China, even though I did get asked for like three photographs when I was there, when we went sightseeing the day after. Um, but besides that, just seeing the 
other countries compete at the World Cup was pretty crazy. Because we competed for freestyle. I think I was competing against definitely Vietnam and Taipei. And then for the other division recognized, I was competing against like Thailand and um, Hong Kong and things. And just, they're so good, just such good athletes. And most of them are government sponsored. So it's their job to compete and win medals. And you're just up there next to them. And you're like, wow, I do this like nowhere near as much as they do. And I'm still up here. So definitely, definitely an experience. Um, although actually there was one bad thing about the trip to uh, Wuxi was that on the plane there, um, I have pretty low blood pressure and I was feeling kind of sick. And so we were like halfway through the flight. And so I got up and all the, all the lights were off um, in the plane. And I got up and walked to the bathroom. I tried to open it, but there was someone in there, so it was locked. Um, and I don't remember anything after that. But according to my teammate, I passed out um, oh, no. on the floor. This was before the competition. This is on the way to the competition. And we would be competing in like two days. And apparently I passed out. And then I woke up because the air hostesses were like trying to wake me up. And like, oh no, what's happening? I try to give me water and apparently I'd been trying to open the emergency exit door on the airplane. Oh my God. I don't, I don't, I do not remember that. I must've like tried to open the bathroom and then gone to the other side thinking it was another bathroom, tried to open the emergency exit door. The hostess tries to stop me and I just pass out. Um, and only like two people realized what had happened. <laughs> it was kind of crazy. So afterwards I was just kind of like, Oh, this is weird. Um, the only good thing was that the air hostesses gave me free water for the rest of the flight. They kept coming over and giving me water bottles because <laughs> I fainted. But um, yeah, it was interesting. First time I'd actually fainted on my oh, way to a competition wow. like that. So <laughs> that is absolutely crazy. crazy. I'm like emergency mm -hmm. exit. I would have been so freaked out after that. I didn't even realize I'd done it until like an hour later. <laughs> <laughs> were, were you off the plane by the time you realized it, or like no, you were still on like the flight? Um, no, I was. I was on the plane actually. I think the person who told me I've been opening the emergency exit told me after I got off the plane, but I knew I'd passed out before then because they called my um, mom over and she's a doctor. So she was like, oh, she's okay. She's okay. She just needs water. <laughs> yeah, but it was definitely a bit scary. And I was like, how is this going to affect my performance in two days? But I was okay. So that's very yeah. good to hear. Um, so what is yeah. your favorite part about teaching Taekwondo classes? Well, I think um, when I was younger and I started assisting classes, I was probably like 11 or 12 and I did not like it. Like I was so shy back then. I think like I would, I would just cry all the time when I was younger. Like I was so nervous of talking to people and stuff. An instructor asked me a question, like I would just cry. Like at my first, um, before my first degree black belt at my first studio, I remember being asked a question. It was something like I hadn't prepared for and everyone else had. Like, I didn't know we had to s recite something. And so he asked me to recite it and I just stood up and I cried. Like that was, that was what I did. Cause I was just too shy to talk in front of anyone. Um, but I'd say like over the years, it's gotten better. And especially at my newest studio, um, the ITF one, it's in Sunnyville. And I just, I really like teaching. I like, I actually look forward to teaching and I think it's the kids. Um, and also because I've gotten older, obviously I don't, I find it hard to teach people who I don't know who are my own age. Um, or uh, older, obviously, too, because I feel like I'm maybe not good enough or they don't trust my, like, what I have to say. But I think with the younger kids, it's like they're very open and not judgmental about things. And kids can be really funny. Like, I've taught kids from age, like, two until age 14 or something. My favorites are definitely the younger ones because my, um, 
my mom, my brother, and I started this program at our studio, um, which we ran for three years from 2016 to 2019 before I went to college, for which was just for preschoolers, like three to five year olds. And it was so much fun. Like the kids, <laughs> some of the kids would just pretend to be animals. They wouldn't even like kick or anything. They just run around with their tails on the floor, like not tails, their belts as tails, like on the floor. And they would just say the funniest things. And they just be so sweet to each other. I think just like working with the kids is what I like about teaching Taekwondo. It's not necessarily the teeth like sending my knowledge. It's like, I just like working with kids. <laughs> that's really great. Also so adorable. I love the animal thing, but that's so cool. I feel like I've assisted classes, but I don't think I've taught them in terms of Taekwondo. But yeah, teaching is definitely a whole new side. It's completely different from like learning the um, sport. But do you have any advice for girls who want to pursue martial arts or one day are hoping to make a big difference like and make it big like you? I would just say, I would just say like, don't doubt what you can do. And especially if you're coming into the sport kind of late, because I kind of started late into competition, even if I started like Taekwondo when I was younger, I didn't compete like seriously until I was 16, 17. And like only two years later, like I've done world competition. So I think don't assume that because someone else has done it longer than you, then it means that you won't ever be able to catch up to them. Um, because it's all about hard work and just pushing yourself. Um, and I know there's some people um, in the older age divisions in Taekwondo, like there's um, a woman, I can't remember her name. I think her name is Julie, but I don't remember her last name. And she's in like the under 65 division. And she has won like three gold medals, like world championship gold medals. And she's only been doing Taekwondo for like 15 years, maybe, maybe less than that. And I think it's just, don't think that you're too late to start ever. You can always do it. Um, and especially like, don't hold yourself to the standards that your competitors or your judges even, obviously like don't do the moves wrong, but don't assume that because the judges think like, oh, you shouldn't be able to flip, you shouldn't be able to do this kick, you shouldn't be able to hit with power that like, it means that you can't. Like just hold yourself to your own standards. And if you watch yourself compete and you're like, oh, I'm proud of that. Even if you don't have a good score, like just think you're like growing and you can always do better. Like just watch yourself continue like reaching for your dream because I never thought I'd be here. Um, I think I was actually gonna quit like a few years ago. Like before high school, I, I was, my brother and I were both thinking about quitting, but like look where we are now. So just don't ever doubt yourself regardless of the sport, especially martial arts though, because it's so like male dominated. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed our interview on Half Time, Halfway. Special thanks to Cassidy Wallace for joining us and sharing her story. We hope you'll join us next time for another interview with another strong woman in the sports industry. But for now, the game's not over yet, so finish strong. Thank you so much for listening to Half Time, Halfway with me, Maddie. Remember to follow or subscribe. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to visit me on Instagram at halftime underscore halfway.